Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Knit British podcast. Knit British loves wool that's been grown, spun or dyed in the UK. I'm your host Louise Scully and I've got another dose of all things British in connection to wool and knitting. On today's show I have a review of Eden Cottage Yarns Milburn 4-ply, a spring pattern choice, the Hapalong, a sneak preview of Shetland Wool Week and a listener's story of knitting local. So, grab a whip, grab a drink and let's go. Welcome, welcome. Let's get settled in. How are you? Are you full of Easter eggs and hot cross buns and the like? I hope you all got to enjoy your Easter weekend. I know I did. It was lovely to get just a little bit of self-indulgent knitting and finishing some projects, as well as self-indulgent chocolate eating, as if there is any other kind. (laughs) Thank you all for the lovely feedback that you gave me on my Edinburgh Yarn Festival episodes. It was really lovely to hear that you'd enjoyed hearing all about that awesome weekend and reliving it if you'd been there yourself. As I said last time, there are quite a few recordings that I did that weekend and I'll be bringing you those over the coming episodes. This week it's a wee sneak peek at Shetland Wool Week 2015 and next week in a special episode it's an interview with Karina Westerman. This month, Knit British is just about going weekly (laughs) to fit all that in. And of course, on the topic of Edinburgh Yarn Festival, since the last time we spoke, the date for the 2016 festival has been announced. The date, I should say dates, because the next Edinburgh Yarn Festival is going to be on the 18th and 19th of March 2016. And even more fantastic than that... The teaching schedule starts on Thursday the 17th. Really spectacular. The fact that it's a Thursday to Saturday event just makes it feel even more festival-y. <laughs> I am really excited about, about that. You can find out all the information that they've got out so far at www.edinyarnfest.com. You should also, if you haven't already, you should also subscribe to their newsletter You will get blogs and emails and newsletters as and when information is released. You can even, if you're a vendor, sign up to go on the mailing list to apply to vend in 2016. So they don't rest on their laurels too long, did Joe and Mika. I'm utterly thrilled that that is going to be another one next year. And I know that so many of you out there are. And I know that so many of you who didn't make it this year, are already marking that date in your calendars. So fantastic. So saying yes, Knit British this month is just about weekly. When the, each week till the end, uh, from now until the end at least. And I have been a busy girl. I have to say I've been a busy girl. Lots of things have been on the bubble. Lots of things, exciting things. Lots of things... I've had to contemplate, quite difficult contemplation over other things really, really exciting and none of which I'm going to tell you about. (laughs) Though this week my attentions have also been turned to haps and if you 
have been listening to the podcast and following on the blog and and contributing to the Net British Ravelry group on the subject, you will know that the cast on date is the 10th of April, which depending on when you're listening to this, that could be right now. <laughs> um, or it has just recently been and you can still take part because that's the idea. You can cast on any time from the 10th of April right up until cast off date on the 12th of July. That's a really long date for a, for a cal and I made it so because I might actually have a hope of finishing <laughs> a hap in that time. Also some of you might be knitting blanket size hap. Some of you already have fantasy second haps in mind, me too, although let's not talk too much about that because I need to get the first one done. So yeah, so you can join in anytime from the 10th of April up until the 12th of July. I've written quite a bit about this on the blog in the last few weeks as to what the hap is and a bit on the traditions. So do go over there and read up on those at www.knitbritish.net and you can uh, search by keyword hap. There have been lots of hap pattern inspirations going on. Uh, ones from Gudrun Johnson, Brooklyn Tweed, Kate Davis, Kat Golden and more. <laughs> And as with all cows, there are some rules, so let's just recap on them. The pattern you choose must be called or referred to as a hap in the Ravelry pattern name or notes, or be referred to as traditional having traditional Shetland construction. This means you either knit the central pattern separately, then pick up the edgios to knit the uh, the border in the round. Either that, or you can knit the the hap in pieces and graph them together there have has been some conversation on what is traditional and what isn't uh, i have tried my best to cover some of those questions though really it, the crux of it i think is down to, to the use of the word traditional and the meaning of tradition and the method that has been referred to as traditional Shetland construction by the likes of designers such as Gudrun Johnson and Brooklyn Tweed, has also been referred to as the Victorian construction method and also referred to as the modern method. So you can see where what I mean by a little bit of confusion. Um, for the purposes of doing this HAPCAL, I have tried to, to come up with eligibility that embraces the what I would call the traditional practical hap garment um, of a garter centre with feather and fan or old shale border. That's what I would call hap. That is what I have known as a hap. Although finer lace Shetland shawls have become to be known as haps too, possibly down to the fact that the word hap means to wrap yourself up warmly. Um, so you can see that there is issues with semantics and for the purpose of this cal I've tried to to keep it somewhat traditional because that's why I wanted to do a hap along um, because I wanted to bring a little bit of the traditional older shawl pattern garment out for others to enjoy. I allowed items to be called haps that possibly didn't lend themselves to that kind of construction but were called haps like hap for harriet or north maven hap um so i've tried to to be a bit all-encompassing although i am aware that some people have had trouble with the the meaning and uh, the idea of what is traditional but well, that's a far too philosophical um question that i am not prepared to answer <laughs> Uh, back to the rules. The cast on is the 10th of April and to be eligible for a prize you have to cast on on the 10th of April 
not before. I know there are quite a few of you who have already cast on and hopefully you've put that in your Ravelry um, project notes that you started before the 10th and you will not be eligible for a prize. But please hop along with us and chatter because I do want to see your HAP progress. And you have to cast off on the 12th of July to be eligible for a prize also. Chat in the HAP along thread in the Knit British Ravelry group. I will be opening that thread on Friday the 10th. There is also a finished object thread in the Knit British Ravelry group and that will be opening on Friday. You can use the, the tag HAP along, H-A-P-A-L-O-N-G, HAP along, to tag your projects on Ravelry so I can keep track of them and also share them with the group would be great when you do you know how to do that I'm sure when you create a project on Ravelry on the right hand side there is a, a, a little tab that says share with group or something similar and um, you can share it with Knit British Ravelry group and we'll all be able to see what you're up to and that is it really you can also use that tag along with a hashtag on it for tweeting and instagramming and such like we've got prizes which will be awarded in various categories all to be announced closer to the end of the cal but there is some lovely British wool prizes and an awesome prize from Fondant Fibre who by the way has a 10% discount code uh, more stash, all one word. Uh, if you need any enabling from Deb, she has some fantastic uh, British wool fluff that you could spin. I know that Deb is spinning her own. She's spinning her own yarn for, for this this cal. So I can't wait to see that. I'm going to be uh, knitting Hansel, and that is a, a Shetts on Trader Gudrun Johnson pattern, and I'm going to be knitting it in the Natural Dye Studio British yarns, which range from white to light grey, lilac and dark grey and the fibre content includes Zwarbles, Wensleydale, Alpaca, Exmoor Horn, Blueface Leicester and uh, Paul Dorset. And I'm also going to use a Norfolk Horn from Blackbat Rare Breeds and I, uh, as I said, chose a long cowl because I'm sure that I will take ages. I'm sure you'll all be full. <laughs> finished really quickly but I'm, I know I'm going to take ages. I'm excited to use this Natural Dye Studio yarn as well because as many of you will know the Natural Dye Studio has ceased trading now and um, very sad about that um, because Amanda's yarns are fantastic but Amanda is I think going full-time freelance crochet design so that's fantastic and you never know what the future might hold. So all the best of, of luck and love to Amanda and Natural Dye Studio. It's incredibly exciting seeing the chat over in the Knit British Ravelry group about the Hapalong. And you lot are all very haptastic and <laughs> really excited to join in. I love when cows have a great buzz around them before they even start. And I really can't wait to see the progress. Some have knit haps in the weeks leading up to the curl and some, as I said before, are already onto their fantasy second haps <laughs> in having those in mind. And yeah, it's, it's really fantastic. There have been over 700 posts and we haven't even started the hap along yet. So thank you all so much. And everyone's been sharing their fantastic colour choices and yarn choices and pattern choices. And I'd quite like to... Uh, put some of those up on the blog for you to see if you um, aren't a member of Ravelry. We're having a Hapalong Hangout on Twitter uh, on Friday the 10th, which as I say could be right now as you're listening, um, from 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock and we're going to have it on 
Twitter and Instagram with the hashtag Hapalong, Hapalong Hangout. It's going to be on Instagram uh, as well. And obviously, not all people are on Twitter and Instagram. And for instance, I'm not on Facebook. The chat thread will be open in the Ravelry group for you all to join in there. So use the hashtag Hapalong or Hapalong Hangout on Twitter and Instagram and post your progress pictures. I might throw out some questions for you as well and have very small prizes. Uh, don't get excited for my favourite um, Instagrams and tweets. I did feel I got a wee bit ojip for choosing the time and date that maybe didn't suit some Hapalongers outside the UK. But I am in the UK and a lot of people in the car are in the UK and I tried to choose a time that would would work out best and um, but it's not obviously going to work out best for everyone. What we might do is have another hangout before casting off uh, for those of you who can't make this one. I'm really sorry about that. Unfortunately, you can't please all the people all the time, although I really, really want to. I'm really looking forward to this wee social gathering with you and I'm really looking forward to a great Carl and you can bet that you'll hear more about it here on the podcast. <music> The programme for Shetland Wool Week 2015 is quite imminent. It's usually released in April and the wait is then excruciating until the start of the festival, which is September 26th this year. At Edinburgh Yarn Festival, I spoke to Misha Hay, who is the director of Wool Week, and asked if there was anything that she could reveal and give us a taste of what we might expect to see this year. And she told me also about very special Shetland wool holidays that uh, that are about to launch um, in July. Shetland Wool Week 2015. It's 26 September that starts this year, isn't it? That's right, yeah. And last year, everybody that went just said it was the best year. So what are you going to do better this year? That sounds great. Thank you very much, first of all. (laughs) Well, this year there'll be even more events. Mm -hmm. Because last year I think we had about 150 classes and talks and open studios and this year it'll be probably 200-250 so and we're planning lots of evening talks field trips bus trips more transport anyway because I think challenge for some of the people is transport if they don't hire a car so this year hopefully we'll offer bus trips to Anst, Walsa, South Mainland it's a really good aspect to add travel so I think we're just trying to make it much easier for people because quite a lot of people come from overseas. Can you reveal anything yet? Do they, is it all too a bit tight-lipped? At the well, moment? every year we get two or three knitters from overseas. So this year we'll have Helen Magnussen from Iceland, which is quite exciting. That's and excellent. hopefully we are working on someone from Estonia or Latvia, so something like that. Excellent. Estonia, Latvia and Iceland, it's very similar, similar community, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we all have that shared interest mm-hmm. in knitting, but it's very similar, even though the skills are different, yeah. there's that, there's a connection. That's right, yeah. yeah. We don't want Chetland Wool Week just to be for people from outside Chetland, we want it to be equally inspiring for locals. Believe <laughs> it or not, some, some Shetlanders are quite surprised that they can actually take part, so I think that's a bit of 
job for us to oh, kind of yeah. spread the word locally a bit more. Yes. And we'll have probably this year will be the first time when we'll have knitting classes for beginners as well. Because I think there is quite a demand for that and there are lots of people who are a bit scared and yes. don't have the self-confidence. Of course we've got the knitting classes for kids as well. Love that. So is it April the program coming together? Yeah, that's right. So we're just telling everyone to subscribe to our newsletter. And what, what's the website? Shetlandwoolwig.com. Okay. So everything's on it and we are launching a new website later on. And the good thing is you'll be able to search by location, by difficulty. The amount of events is growing yeah. and it's becoming a bit more difficult to kind of navigate. So yeah. Well, we always tell just book as soon as possible. <laughs> so we'll be actually announcing dates for 2016 very shortly. Excellent. So that people can start booking. I love that. People, mm -hmm. Before they've even left yeah. Shetland for yeah. one will be booked yeah. for the second one. We just have to get ourselves organized a bit. <laughs> but yes, as you say, that never ceases to amaze me that people are booking to come to Shetland. They don't even know what the program will be. This year we are launching new Shetland wool holidays. So the first one will take place in July. We're hoping to run another one in November. So basically for those who don't want to plan stuff for themselves, they'll get off the plane in Shetland and they'll be looked after from that moment till they just get on the plane again. There'll be lots of tea and cake and going to places. So I think good time. I can tell you that the July wool holiday is fully booked now and there are plans for an August one and you should watch at chitlandwoolweek.com for details on that. What you can expect is a real knitting and wooly treat with care and attention to detail from the moment that you get off the plane till the time you go home again with all the best elements of Shetland's textile, design, culture and heritage in between and of course lots of wool and knitting. I'm so excited for Wool Week and I was incredibly inspired last year and I just know that 2015 will be amazing and I keep talking about it with people who went last year and we keep saying how inspired we were. I love how the emphasis is, is on Shetland makers and Shetland traditions but I really like that there are exciting tutors coming from out with the aisles, bringing their inspirations and bringing their creativity and, you know, bringing that to share. Another really exciting thing about Wool Week this year uh, is that you can become a member, which is the first time that that's, that's happened. And you pay £15 for membership and you will have ex some exclusive benefits. So if you're coming to Shetland Wool Week, get over to shetlandwoolweek.com and find the memberships link. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's I think it's definitely worth getting a membership from. Uh, there was a mention of a goodie bag. I mean, really exclusive benefits and a goodie bag. I can remember last year, you know, waiting on the program and getting excited about the tickets release and getting the lovely fella sitting on the computer uh, at 10 o'clock when the box office opened because I was at work and had a client that morning and didn't have time and he thought I was being mad that I needed to get these tickets booked ASAP and couldn't believe it when uh, how quickly they sold. I just have that same feeling this year and it's even more pronounced I think and I know there's a lot of you out there who are coming to Shetland Wool Week and are just as excited. Are you planning to come to Shetland Wool Week in 2015? Start chatting in the Net British Ravelry group about your plans. It'd be really good to hear them. A thank you to Misha for letting me hear those sneaky little peeks about what's coming up.
you'll remember a few episodes ago, I reviewed the Bletchley Collection uh, by Joe Grace and created in Eden Cottage, Milburn Yarns. This is a very special collection, garments which have a, a contemporary modern feel but have a timeless inspiration and uh, I was quite besotted with, with the book. Um, Victoria from Eden Cottage Yarns gave us a copy of that book to give away and I had a lot of entries on this and there was a lot of love for the patterns. I, I asked you to tell me what your favourite pattern was and there was lots of love for the patterns. The winner, drawn by random.org, was comment 45 and that is Shelley Mackay. So congratulations to you. I've been in contact with Shelley and that beautiful book should be winging its way to her. Um, Victoria also sent me some of the Melbourne yarn. And this is the yarn that all the, all the Bletchley designs are created in. And what a special yarn this is. It's a four-ply Blueface Leicester and Silk blend. That's 85% Blueface Leicester, 15% Silk. And you can already tell by that description and of the fibre content that it's, that it's special, can't you? It comes in 50 gram skeins and they literally slinked out of the envelope. <laughs> the first two things that I noted about the yarn was the spin and the luster on the yarns. And then just how much the colours shine um, with that luster. Melbourne has had a bit of a revolution. It was uh, relaunched recently with the emphasis put on that beautiful shine and high twist. And I have a previous incarnation of the Melbourne yarn. And while it's soft, it just doesn't have this level of uniqueness that... Um, that the, that the relaunched Milburn has. Milburn is a high twist and it's really different to what you might think of high twist being. This is the kind of finely spun yarn that your Italian suits would weep to be made out of. It is so, so smooth and silky with an ever so slight crispness to that silk. Now, when I say crispness, that isn't to say crisp means rough at all. Don't hear crisp and think that. Think uh, structure. I knit the interlude shawl by Janina Callio in this yarn. And this is a shawl with garter sections spliced with very simple lace sections. And those garter ridges are so beautifully defined in the Milburn. They really stand to attention. If you've seen images from Bletchley... You can see how the textured stitches in items such as the Colossus Vest and Hot 8 and the Bodo Hat are just so well defined. In Knit and Interlude, which is, uh, is a single colour uh, usually, I used the Milburn that I already had along with the relaunched Milburn. And I have to say, hand on heart, there is no comparison really the the... The Milburn that Victoria has had relaunched is utterly fantastic. The previous incarnation of Milburn and I did not get on well at all. I found it to be splitty. I found it to not have the same fantastic spin. And, this, and while it's a shiny and soft yarn, it just doesn't have that spin and luster. And... It makes a completely different fabric, and I think you'll see that when I sh when I show you the pictures of the interlude shawl. The the new yarn, I just fell in love with it. 
the fabric it creates. You know that I love garter stitch and I love well-defined stitches, but it's got a fantastic drape and it's somewhat a playful fabric too. It's got a touch of class, I think, a touch of class. I have to say, if you've, if you'd bought Milburn in the past and you weren't happy with it, don't let that put you off the yarn that Vic Victoria's got in the shop now because it's it's a sensation, it really is sensational and it's so different, so different. So let's look at the yarn details. Milburn is a mill-spun dyed yarn. It's British BFL and the process happens in Italy. In it, each 50 gram skein there is 200 metres and each skein costs a purse happy eight pounds. There's seven colours and I think they would work fantastically well in, in the colour work items such as the beautiful bomb cowl in the Bletchley collection but but I think they'd be stunning absolutely stunning on their own I love how saturated the colors are my goodness the rust color and the um the midnight blue color damson colors they're so deeply saturated that it's just drenched in in color and shine I know the Italy aspect may have some of you um yarn mile counters run for the hills a little bit but it's British breed yarn it's from a British dyer and um, yarnista and I do think the finished skein is something truly unique in handle of the skein and the finished object but I will leave you to make your own decisions on that again I think your projects with texture lace, cabling they will look fantastic in this really charming yarn. And I think socks in particular would be amazing. It's so soft, so shiny. It's just a beautiful thing to look at in the skein as well as knit. Blocking is awesome. I washed and blocked my interlude shawl today. I did the thing that I do every time that I block something that has more than one dyed colour in it and do the little prayer of please don't let the colours run and not one drop of colour was in that water and it soaked for a good long time. I'm blocking the shawl on wires and what I like about uh, Janina Calio's patterns is that they're meant to be blocked with attitude and this yarn can be blocked with attitude. It's got good stretch uh, but it knows when to say when as well, that silk aspect I guess tells you it knows when to say when but it, you need you need to block Janina Calio's patterns really really well and um, I did not struggle with this yarn at all I have to say uh, it, it's been blocking fantastically and I can only let you know what the finished object is like once it's once it's finished blocking but there will be pictures on the website at knitbritish.net. The only downside to this yarn and the <laughs> It really is the only downside, is that it's only 50 gram skeins. I'd love to see a 100 gram skein, maybe even 150 for larger projects. I love, I love small skeins in terms of mini skeins and, and Victoria does a fantastic range of yarnlings and, and little tiny balls that you can use um, for small bits of colour work like in David O'Kelly's um, quadratic shawl. But I think this yarn, you know, deserves to be in a nice big skein <laughs> just the when you think of the color and the shine and the twist 100 grams or 150 grams because I like big skeins and I cannot lie that's a that's a really substantial amount of yarn for a really fantastic project um, but it gets a big 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 thumbs up from me and I think it's going to be an exceptional yarn for your summer uh, knit and crochet garments and accessories. 
if you can be bothered to knit a four-ply garment, which obviously I can't. <laughs> There's a beautiful summer top. The small shoots pattern, which is a Kate Heppel pattern. Tiny shoots, I beg your pardon. Another another great pattern actually would be a Gudrun Johnson's Amelie uh, sweater, which is a beautiful little, got a little vintage feel, little sleeves, um, perfect for the summer. And that yarn would just look gorgeous. Um, with that playful drape and that beautiful luster and, and shine. Uh, I'd say a big thumbs up. Uh, thank you to Victoria Eden Cottage Yarns uh, for letting me review that delightful book and this charming yarn. And please check out Milburn and all of Victoria's extraordinary hand-eyed at www.edencottageyarns.co.uk. Speaking of summer garments, well, I <laughs> I mean spring garments really now, but I wanted to point you in the direction of the latest pattern in Ordley Cola's Castle Fraser collection. Remember the daffodils are fingerless mitts and perfect for hand-dyed yarn. If you're like me, spring might be springing, but there's still a nip in the air and my hands are always the last thing to warm up. So knit in fingering weight and featuring lace and cabling detail, these will be the perfect spring accessory to brighten up even the coldest, greyest April shower. And although we have had some nice weather since Easter weekend, we have had one or two April showers. The single pattern costs £3.75, but you can buy the whole collection, Castle Fraser through the year, it features hats, socks, mittens, um, and there are more patterns to come, and that costs £8.50. And I think the last pattern is released around July. £1 from each pattern will also go to Sands, a charity which provides support to bereaved families after the loss of a baby. Um, and that's from the single pattern and also from the collection, if you purchase the collection. It's a beautiful pattern, and it's also really great way to make a contribution to a really worthwhile charity i will put all the links on the show notes but that is remember the daffodils um, and i know that we all have a fantastic skein of hand-dyed hand-painted yarn variegated yarn or in our in our um, stashes and this would be perfect for that not to steal the golden skeins free your skeins <laughs> um, segment but this would be a really good pattern um, for your single skein of hand dyed. I recently met Orly in Aberdeen and she was talking me through her upcoming patterns and uh, thoughts on an upcoming collection and you should really look out for her on Ravelry. She is Spinny Gonzalez and look out for those those upcoming patterns and a new collection. Another giveaway I recently had in the blog was for a smashing skein of Sheepish Aaron dyed in the Selkie colourway and donated by the fantastic Jess James of Ginger Twist Studio. This was a very popular competition and I asked entry entrants to tell me our favourite colourways of Jess's yarns and it was very popular. Jess's colours and yarns are very popular. Uh, the winner, drawn by random.org, is Sarah Hume and congrats to you Sarah because you're going to get that delicious skein Last time in the Knit Local segment we heard from uh, Iriberio 
on Ravelry about the wool and yarn scene in Portugal. And she did give me marks for at least attempting to pronounce the, <laughs> the sheep names. I did fail quite miserably. It was really interesting to learn about the knit local scene where you are, because, of course, this this item grew out of you chaps who don't have access to British wool. I, w- I wanted to hear about what local wool industry was like what your local what your local sheep breeds and tell us a little bit about your local yarns this episode it is uh and we've got an email from nadine from germany i just wanted to reply to your question about local wool and yarn i'm always a bit envious when i see how many different sheep breeds and yarns you have in the uk Unfortunately, here in Germany, the situation is very different with only a handful of companies selling regionally sourced wool or even wool made in the country. Most German sheep were or are breeds which are mixed purpose, meat, milk and landscape care, so the wool was just an extra but not the main focus. My two favourite sheep breeds are nowadays conservation breeds. The Koberger's Fuchs otherwise known as fox sheep, uh, which has a lovely wool with beige caramel colours and a slight reddish hue. I'd say its softness is somewhere between Ryland and Lopi yarn. The second fibre is Pomeranian coarse wool, and I shan't try and say it in German, uh, which I think is a dual coated sheep with lovely black wool with light grey hairs and sometimes a steel blue hue, glossy and almost like some of the British long wools, but a bit tricky to spin. There are several other breeds, but you really have to look online and you usually won't find them in your regular yarn shops. After I got Nadine's email, I went and googled the Coburg fox sheep. And so please, right now, if it is safe to do so, please go and google the Coburg fox sheep right now. Uh, They are very sweet, especially the lamb. There's a picture of a lamb there. Uh, and the red colour is very pronounced in the lambs and the younger sheep. It's The lovely fellow said, is that a calf? <laughs> he was sitting across the room, I have to say. It's, he does know the difference. Uh, <laughs> uh, because it's, it's colouring. It's that very red-brown of a calf. So, so sweet. Very, very sweet. The Pomeranian coarse wool seems to have been very um, endangered. Uh, as Nadine said, they're both conservation breeds. In the second half of the 20th century, the Pomeranian coarse wool numbers were critical. And in the 80s, there was conservation ep- efforts to get together the remaining animals and get the breed going again. I went on looking online and I did find some Pomeranian coarse wool yarn on a, comp- on a website called Nature's Luxury. It looks to me like it would be like a bit like a North Royalty, as Nadine says it's a dual coat. Um, there is dark grey yarn with really interesting longer and lighter fibres in there. Didn't look didn't the way that this particular one was spun didn't look quite so lustrous as a long wool. It looked more looked more woolly or downy, I guess. Um, but really, really interesting. Thank you so much Nadine for telling us about her knit local scene and giving us a bit of insight into into what her local wool scene is like in, in Germany. What is your knit local scene? What are your local breeds? Who are your local fibre heroes? Where, you know, where are your local mills? Drop me a line at louise at knitbritish.net or leave me a message on the Knit British Podcast Skype account and you should find that by searching Knit British Podcast on the Skype directory. Hellos! Hiya to the new kids in the Knit British Ravelry group. I feel like I haven't done this for a couple of episodes because the last two were sort of 
special episodes after the MDR and festival. So I apologise if you were a new kid and uh, you didn't get your name read out. I think when you go into any group on Ravelry, the new kids, there may be about six or seven names and I always read those out, but I, I know there's been quite a few of you who I've missed, so I apologise for that. Hello to SC Freeman, Miriam Bonham from Sweden, Doll 25 from Colorado, Celine from Ontario, But First Coffee from the Netherlands, that's a great Ravelry name, and Raphael from New Jersey. And over in the Hello thread, let's welcome... Just Kai, Old English Rose, Glitzy Gal, Ready Set Stitch and Monique B. Thank you for your posts. And it's lovely to have you join in with the, the Knit British Ravelry community. It's fantastic. And of course, thank you to you guys for listening and for your awesome feedback and your interactions on Ravelry and via Twitter and Instagram and the web, website. I will be back next week with that interview with Carrie Westman from the Edinburgh Yarn Festival plus some exciting patent release news from her. Until then, show notes can be found at www.knitbritish.net Get casting on those haps and take good care. Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more visit www.knitbritish.net You can email me louise at knitbritish.net I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British and I'm on Ravelry as Lyra. You can listen to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher Radio and knitbritish.net. Bye.